Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley. And as always, we are on every major podcasting platform. So go there, find us, leave us a nice review. Well, listen, then leave us a nice review. It's really all that we ask for. So I got to tell you something. I am old enough. I'm turning 40 this year, and I'm old enough to remember that just three months ago, we were told by Freddie Mac that the housing deficit, meaning the demand for houses versus the supply, was 4 million. There was a 4 million home shortfall. I think it was 3.8 to be exact, somewhere around there. 4 million. We'll round up. 4 million homes is how much we were short by. And wow, I thought that's a big deficit that we need to cover in order to get to the supply that we need in order to meet this demand. And that's why I said, man, I hope these foreclosures end up happening as horrible as that sounds to get, you know, 1.5, 1.7 million, however many it would be to meet the current demand. Well, it turns out that not only is 1.7 million homes, because remember that 1.7 number that I'm just seemingly pulling out of thin air is actually looking at the equity data from CoreLogic that says in the first quarter of 2021 that 1.7 million people are underwater. Assuming all of those people are in forbearance, meaning they could be in foreclosure, we're looking at possibly 1.7 million homeowners going into foreclosure. I said, that's not even half of 4 million. And it turns out then it's even worse than we thought. If you thought it was bad, I feel like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 1. Remember the first one back in the 90s when he's on the train and Krieger's asking him the questions and he says, listen, calm down. It's worse than you think because a new report from the National Association of Realtors says the actual deficit is 5.5 million homes, not 4 million. Oh man, we wish it was 4 million. No, 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 5.5 million million homes is what the deficit is as of right now. So that's the latest report. Like I said, the Wall Street Journal reported on this and what's going on. Builders just aren't building at the level they used to be. So the National Association of Realtors report estimates that the U.S. builders added about 1.225 million new housing units on average each year from 2001 to 2020. Now, that's not unimpressive. That's a good number. The problem is that is down from the 32 year period before from 68 to 2000 in which builders were building 1.5 million new units. So because of that, we are now facing a 5.5 million home shortage. And this shortage Across the board, single family and multifamily units are underdeveloped significantly. The report saying that the 5.5 million unit deficit includes about 2 million single family homes and 1.1 million buildings with two to four units and 2.4 million buildings with at least five units. So this is not just one area of housing. This is across the board shortage. We need to build more. And if you're thinking, man, this is bad, well, like I said, relax, it's actually worse than you think. If you thought 5.5 million was bad, it actually gets worse when you dive into the report because it says between 2010 and 2020, new home construction fell 6.8 million units short of what was needed to meet not only household formation growth, but also to replace units that were aging or destroyed by natural disasters. So the uh, top line number of 5.5 million is actually somewhat 
optimistic, according once again to this National Association of Realtors report. And I do think it's important to be due diligent on this issue. And in fact, the Wall Street Journal talked to John Burns, who is the chief executive of John Burns Real Estate Consulting. He actually does not agree with these numbers. He says that the deficit is actually closer to about a million you know, arguing that, quote, our adult population isn't growing as fast as it used to. We don't need to build as much. But here's the thing. Even if you take the rosiest of data, Burns in this case, and I guess once again, Rosie, depending on your perspective, he's still arguing that we are short one million homes. So the question regardless, or I should say the solution regardless of where you stand on this issue, do you believe the 5.5, the 6.8, or the 1 million number, there's one solution, building. That's what you do, you build. And the NRA lists a bunch of policy proposals in this report, but they're all essentially the same thing. We need to make it easier and beneficial for builders to build. And I'm hoping that this recent drop in lumber prices is a sign that we are seeing a trend. And also, this is going to be true for other commodities. Hopefully, this this is sort of the because lumber was the first commodity to shoot up and now it's falling. And I know I think today it actually was up a little bit. But the argument is, is that hopefully this is a sign that other commodities are going to fall and we're not in this inflation stage and it is transitory as Jerome Powell wants us to believe or he's hoping is the case and if that's the case then maybe builder confidence will go up and we know we talked about this yesterday builder confidence was down from the highs that we saw back in November but remember it's still elevated it's still above 80 which is still a very optimistic sign but the reality is we need to build more homes and the day this report comes out which of course was yesterday morning we also got some data later in the day from the census bureau looking at housing starts what's happening with construction right now and it's somewhat optimistic i would say depending on your perspective housing starts in may we're at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.5 million which takes us back if these end up getting completed to where we were in that first 32 year kind of time period between 68 and 2000 this is actually up 3.6 percent when compared to last month and of course because once again where we were last year with the pandemic everything was shut down it is up 50 percent from the same time last year now even better news because this is what everyone wants everyone wants to own a home Everyone wants to kind of have their space right now. Single family units are far more popular than multifamily. And so the good news is that single family starts were actually up 4.2% month to month and up 49.8% when compared to the same time last year. But here's kind of the bad news. Despite the positive growth that we are seeing in housing starts, permits and completions were down. So kind of, you know, you have the permit, then you start building, and then you complete the house. And so we have the middle part where we're seeing growth, but the beginning stage, the building permit, and the completion, unfortunately, were down. So that's why I said it's kind of depending on your perspective. So building permits were down 3% month to month, 
were up 34.9% year over year. Housing completions were down a little bit more, 4.1%, but up only 16.1% from the same time last year. Now, obviously, this is not the best news when we are talking about a 5.5 million home shortfall. But if you assume that we were underbuilding about 200,000 homes per month and you're looking at over a 20-year timeline, we're going to have to pump those numbers up. As Matthew McConaughey would say, you got to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket, especially right now. So let's hope that this is a, a a good trend. We're seeing housing starts move up. Let's hope we see more. Let's hope home builder confidence jumps up because if you believe the NRA report, we need 5.5 million more homes if we are to meet the current demand. That's a big number. There's no doubt about that. Now on the demand side, once again, uh, some positive data stopping a three week slide. The latest data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, their weekly survey says that mortgage demand is up 4.2% overall looking at week to week. Refis were up 6% from the previous week, but because if you remember last year, things may have stopped, but what was also happening? Rates were falling. People were refinancing. So refis are actually down 22% year over year. But the good news, they're up 6% week over week. Now on purchases, kind of the same thing, up a little bit less, up 2%, uh, but also down 17% when compared to the same week one year ago. Obviously helping this um, is the data that they have. This is once again from the Mortgage Bankers Association. They argued the 30-year fixed rate on the average contract fell four basis points to 3.11%, with points increasing to 0.36. And the 15-year fix, the average contract rate fell three basis points to 2.49, with points also decreasing, or in this case, decreasing to 0.25. Now, one of the interesting things to note is that the refinance share of mortgage activity increased to 61.7% up from the previous week. I think the high that we saw during the pandemic, I think at one point it was like 75, 76%. So we're obviously down from that, but refis are still making up a majority of what is happening with mortgage volume. Joel Kahn, MBA's Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting said in a statement that, quote, purchase activity also rebounded even as supply constraints continue to slow down the housing market. Purchase applications were still down 17% from a year ago, which is when the mortgage market started seeing large post-shutdown increases in activity. So... A lot of data, and a lot of this data is sort of looking at the future, right? People that are looking at getting mortgages or or are applying for mortgage applications are looking to buy a house. We're looking at what we need in order to meet the current demand, and we're looking at housing starts that hopefully will soon turn into housing completions. But, I mean, there's no doubt that the big story is that we are possibly 5.5 million homes short of what we need to meet current demand. Now we did see some data from Redfin that said that 70% of home offers are facing bidding wars, which that number is high, but it's actually down from April 
when it was 74%. So maybe we're seeing somewhat of a cool down. But I mean, here's the thing. So everyone's talking about the Federal Reserve, which didn't change anything policy-wise, but they did raise expectations about inflation. They're saying, hey, we're watching these numbers and you know, they're 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 still within the framework of the Federal Reserve, but they did sort of raise alarms and that they are looking at it. And they did say that we could see some possible interest rates uh, rising. Not this year. I think they're saying now maybe the earliest would be uh, next year. And that's the end of 2022. So the Fed didn't really change much, but it did say, hey, you know, we're looking at inflation. We're keeping an eye on it, but it still remains within uh, kind of what we expect on uh, overall inflation. So yeah, it might jump for a few months, maybe a quarter or two, but we expect that over the long run, it's still gonna be right around 2%. And I will say it's kind of funny too, because you see a lot of people talking about the Fed buying mortgage-backed securities and what would happen if they were to start tapering. And there's no doubt that there would be an impact on the market without question. But the fact that when you look at mortgages, and people talk about asset bubbles and you know the stock market. They talk about you know cryptocurrency, whatever it may be. Housing is just very different because this is not demand that is being created by cheap money out there. I mean, sure, you can make that argument. I understand the argument, but lending standards are tightening up and they have been tightening up during this crisis. So it's not the same thing as say the stock market where everyone's getting stimulus checks and everyone's putting that money into the market uh, or the same thing with crypto. Lending standards are actually tightening. These are people that are legitimately saying, I've saved money during the, ha- uh, the pandemic and I now have the money to buy a home and I wanna buy one before home prices get to the point where I can't. And so, true. If we were to see the Fed change policy, we could see demand somewhat drop off because let's say rates start moving up, it could price people out of the market. But when you're talking about 5.5 million homes, you would need a lot of people to get out of that market for you to see a downward move. I'm not saying cooling, cooling would happen. I'm talking about moving into negative territory. And I don't think anybody with one brain cell is going to make that argument. So yeah, I mean, if this report, and like I said, it's not it's not unanimous. We had John Burns, a consultant in the industry saying, you know, I don't agree with that number. That it's, it's, it's 20% of that. So not everyone agrees with that, but <laughs> I mean, even if it's half, we're still talking about a lot of room and we need more houses available. The story continues. <laughs> and the thing, funny thing is we all know what the solution is. It's build more, build more, build more. Unfortunately, we're not. I mean, housing starts are up. That's good. But I think we're going to need like a 2 million number for us to start making a dent in this 5.5 million deficit. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. I will be back here on Friday. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.